It's great. I'm, I'm not going to spend very long, uh, and it's going to be a little bit interactive. I'm going to ask you to do something too. So, does that make people feel, feel a bit nervous? You don't need to embarrass yourself in front of people, but there will be some engagement uh, in a moment. Um, but let me just tell you a little story before we look at how this passage might help us think about a couple of things about our mission, our shared mission uh, with Christ Jesus. My wife Claire, who you're going to meet a little bit more in a moment when she gets interviewed by Sarah, is a dairy farmer's daughter. Anybody connected to dairy farmers here? A few, few folk? Okay, that's good. One day, when Claire was about seven years old, so very little, she came home to the farm and Blackberry, her favourite cow, wasn't there anymore. Told you it was interactive. Okay. John, my father-in-law, who is a Christian, he's actually an elder of a chapel, told her that she had gone to the green pastures of Chatsworth House. That's a stately home near where we live, to retire. It was some years later, after a number of failed trips to Chatsworth, that Claire came to the realisation that Blackberry had not retired to Chatsworth Estate, but had gone to the abattoir, the slaughterhouse. It was discovered... Do you, anyone... No, I'm not going to ask if anybody works in the slaughterhouse here uh, or knows anything about it. But apparently, it was discovered some time ago that animals that are afraid and aggressive at the time of their death do not make good eating. Uh, it's something to do with the levels of lactic acid in the meat, which means they don't make good eating. So apparently a calming environment is created for animals like blackberry for their transfer to the abattoir. It should seem like a normal day, a regular day for them. The same old, same old for creatures like blackberry. Sorry, this is hard, Claire, talking about blackberry. <laughs> After transfer to the abattoir, cattle should be gently led, meandering in silence to the building. I've heard that some use music as if that's a natural environment, but some kind of calming environment as they're led along to the building. They shouldn't notice anything abnormal as they experience perhaps a nurturing squeeze uh, and are gently lifted onto the conveyor belt. And then they are hit with a bolt between the eyes. Livestock immediately becoming lifeless meat stock. That's a really hard story to kind of hear. But if we are Christians, then we are convicted that there are many on a, a meandering journey with the same old, same old every day. But at the end, there will come a day where the meandering stops and there won't be a squeeze and it won't be a bolt. But there will come a time where the meandering ends and there will be an end state which will depend very much on how people have responded to the gospel of grace, of invitation, and of kindness. C.S. Lewis, I might touch on this later, C.S. Lewis uh, talks about two destinations 
that people are on their way to. One destination, people will be either an immortal horror of which we would see in our worst nightmare. It's like, remember the other side of the wall, the, the dominion of darkness and eternity there, a place where we don't want to go to. That's one end state. And the other is to be, C.S. Lewis, I'm paraphrasing, is to be an, like a, an eternal splendor. So a mortal horror or an eternal splendor. And the conversations that we are having with people are leading people to one of two destinations. I know that's a, a kind of a hard, tough start to just the, the little talk that I'm, I'm looking at. But I just want to, just from that passage, just going to touch on the cup, two things. One is, pose them as, as questions, if you like. First one, what are your gospel convictions? And maybe the passage will, will help us see that. And the second thing is, do you see your gospel commission in God's word? What are your gospel convictions? And have you responded to your gospel commission? It's kind of the two questions. Let's look at gospel convictions. We've got the passage. If you've got a Bible in front front of you, have have a look. If uh, that might help you with uh, your gospel convictions, I'm going to kind of draw from it in a moment. But if not, go to your wider knowledge. This is where we get interactive, and I don't apologise. First question: What is your gospel conviction? Let's pose that another way. What is the gospel for you? If you have a short window to share the gospel, I don't, we don't need the monologue, but what would it contain? If you are convicted of the gospel, what is the gospel that you're convicted by? Why don't you just uh, feel uncomfortable, share the pain, talk to the person near you, maybe in a family group, uh, just 30 seconds, 40 seconds, a minute, Let's see how you get on uh, with the noise levels. Um, what is? What are your gospel convictions? What's the gospel? Go for it. Okay, uh, let's just, let's hold it there. You can. Oh, it's just great. If. Um, if you've been having a good time, isn't that great? <laughs> uh, that you've been engaged. Any, anyone, anyone feeling particularly brave? Um, what, what, what are your gospel convictions? Any bullet points for me? Good. Sorry, Steve, once more. Salvation in Christ alone. So it's all about Christ and it's all about something called salvation. Uh, we are saved from something for something. Yeah, wonderful. Um, any other bullet points? Gospel, what are your gospel convictions? Yeah, so um, something about what God has done for us in the past in Christ. He's taken the judgment we deserve in our place on the cross uh, to deal with us in that separation, that severing of a relationship with Christ Jesus. Uh, and he offers that forgiveness and that restoration. That's a gospel conviction. So we're, we're talking about something that's happened in the past. That is wonderful. Is that, was that a fair representation? Sorry, that, that sounded great. It sounded great. Um, I hope I represented it. Uh, any other bullet point gospel convictions? Because if we're talking about mission, 
We're talking about the gospel here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, so the gospel is, 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 is our God, uh, the Trinity that we've been, we've been singing about, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is the message, uh, he is the means of that salvation that we were talking about, uh, and he is what we get. The good news is, uh, there is a future part of the gospel, uh, which is, um, uh, an eternal life with our God. Uh, that is life, isn't it? Jesus says in, does he say that in his prayer in, in John 17, I think? Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Knowing the Father. Yeah. Any other, any, any, anything else there? Yeah. So, yeah. So we're going back to that past event of the gospel. Uh, Jesus took the judgment we deserve in our place on the cross as our substitute in our place so that we would experience that promise of eternal life. Guys, if you look at that passage, um, Acts 1, um, 1 to 11. You see three aspects of the gospel, which I think is key to our mission, what we're looking to share. And some of us will be better at sharing some aspects of the gospel uh, than others. But we all, uh, I hope we'll see, are commissioned and compelled to share the gospel. Uh, Look at how the passage shows the gospel of the past, that past event. Look look at how um, Acts uh, uh, 1, 1 to 11 shows that. Uh, Do you see... um, in verse 3. Can you see verse 3 in your Bibles? After suffering, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The gospel that we share is a gospel of a past event. And Luke has recorded uh, in the Gospel of Luke those historical events, Christ's life, his death, and his resurrection. And now Acts is a continuation of that. But at the beginning of Acts, he's taking us back to that event, that Gospel. Guys, do we share the Gospel? The good news that Christ took the judgment that we deserve in our place on the cross and rose again. So that we could have the promise of new life in him. The past event of the gospel. And it's wonderful. I mean, it changes everything. If you know, if it's not rhetoric for you, it changes everything, doesn't it? I heard the story about how this past impacted one particular Christian leader. The Christian leader uh, was told by a member of his congregation that um, uh, they were going to bring a non-Christian to meet him. Um, so that he would have the opportunity to share the gospel. Now, the Christian minister was given a heads up that this person, this lady, had had a really hard time, a really tough time. She had been um, suffered a really difficult time with man after man. And she was broken, she was hard-hearted, and she was cynical about life. Uh, she was struggling. Uh, and he was forewarned. And when he met her, he describes her as having hard eyes. Nobody has ever looked at me with such hard eyes. And his heart was moved that she needed to know what he had experienced, the grace of our Lord Jesus, that historical event that had happened. And so he decided not to share the gospel with her. He 
He prayed for her instead. He said, is it okay if I pray for you? Because I can see that you're not ready. You don't really want to hear what I've got to say. Um, so is it okay if, if we pick this up another time and I pray for you? So he prayed for her, that she would understand what he had experienced, Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection for him, that she would understand the grace that she was undeserving. But Christ had his arms open wide and was inviting her in. That she would just come to understand that in time. He wept and he wept for her in this prayer because he was moved by that past event in the gospel. When he stopped praying, he said, thank you very much for coming to visit. Maybe we'll see you again. At which point she said, no, now you must, must tell me more about Jesus because nobody has ever cried and wept for me before. Has the past event just washed over you? like it's rhetoric because if it is gospel to you it will move you it will compel you to weep for the lost and the least the hurt and the hurting the past event of the gospel and then there's a future of the gospel and we looked at that that we have been saved from something and that is our sins that we were lost dead in our trespassing sins and we have been saved by grace alone through Christ's work on the cross but we've been saved for something And that is a future life, an abundant life with our God, Father, Son and Spirit for all eternity. And that's why this church is called Hope Church, because that is a significant part of the gospel that we've been saved from something, our sin. This is a need that people need to know for something, an eternal life. But there's another aspect in this passage. What is it? What have we missed? Anyone bold enough? So we've got the return. So this is part of that future, isn't it? Look at verse uh, 11. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Christ is returning. Today is the day of grace where we offer offer. The, the gospel to all who would receive. But there is a limited time. We know that Christ will come at a time when we don't know. Don't know where, don't know when. He'll come like a thief in the night, the Bible says, doesn't it, in, in places. And we need to be urgently um, acting on the gospel truth that we have received. Um, but he will return. Uh, and then he will usher in that world that we all want. One without suffering. What does Revelation 21 talk about? Maybe suffering, sadness, uh, sickness. Uh, the world that we all truly want. Um, and it will be a day of judgment for all those that have rejected the gospel and are still in their sins. But there's one other aspect of the gospel that's shared here, which I think is key for us today. And I'll bring it to an end on this last point. What do you think it might be? We've looked at the past. We've looked at the future promise. What's missing? The present. Look at how the passage points to the kingdom. Look how Jesus is pointing his disciples to the kingdom. Do we see the kingdom in the passage? Verse 3 again. After his suffering, he presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, 
but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. We see a commission for the disciples to go. But he's been teaching them about the kingdom. The Gospels is about Jesus demonstrating the truth about what he was bringing about and a call to repentance to come into the kingdom and then his sacrifice on the cross securing a doorway and entrance into his kingdom. Every miracle that we see in the gospel uh, is like a peeling back of the curtain to demonstrate the kingdom that he was bringing into his form, into its fullness. That world without every healing, a world without sickness. That little girl back from the from the dead, a world without death, a world without sadness. But it's a kingdom that he had he had inaugurated in his first coming, a kingdom that we experience even today. It's God's place, God's people in God's place, under his rule and blessing. And the good news is, is that we, as children of a heavenly father, have a commission to invite, to extend the kingdom through the Holy Spirit working in and through us. As we share the gospel and people respond, people are brought into Christ's kingdom to experience that life in abundance. Through your shared life, people see the truth of the gospel, of the kingdom, um, that we invite people to experience as they respond to the gospel. I wonder, what does your shared life look like as Hope Church? Are there opportunities? I know we spoke about invitation a lot. Are there opportunities for people to be invited in to see how the gospel has changed you? How the gospel is attractive uh, by the way that you live? Uh, I think the present is a key part of the gospel because I think the world needs to see as we shape our lives around Christ's word, the, the good news demonstrated. Because you are people that have received God's grace. And, and now uh, we are those that have received his commission uh, to go uh, into our villages, into our towns, workplaces, to, to share the gospel and extend the invitation into the kingdom.